we have just discovered, JLo. What's that? That I should be a program executive for, I'm thinking, lifetime. Because I just came up with a great programming block with for one life? little problem. They're all they're all filled with drugs and alcohol. No, no, tell me. Huh? Uh, I mean, rather, let me <laughs> tell you the one issue we might have is that Michael Jackson is no longer with us. God rest his soul. But let's get into the programming idea. We start off the <clears throat> night at 8 o'clock, jiving with Jesse, where we send out a person to hang out with Jesse Smollett and learn how to word things. To get more sympathy for your situation. Okay? Now, at 8.30, yeah. we have Drugging with Drew, where somebody uh, in the uh, drug dealing community, kind of a higher up, hangs out with Drew Barrymore and gives her designer drugs, and we get to see her reaction. Now, at Jeez. 9, we have our big controversy because we have Meds with Michael, where somebody hangs out with Michael Jackson, who is dead, with so dead. we have to figure this out. Or, or you know what it could be? What's that? Meds was Murray. Who's Murray? His his former doctor. That might have to. We might have to do that instead. <laughs> and and they uh, do different types of medication together. Oh jeez. Now we close off our night because everybody likes to get uh, ready for bed. <laughs> so we do we do conking out with Cosby, where <laughs> Bill Cosby will show you how to mix a drink in a way that'll have your ready your girl ready to go to bed. Oh bubs. And that's my programming plan. What? <laughs> okay. I think if you're going to do something like, something like that, it should be educational, but it not is. actually. No, but Bubs. Go ahead. I don't think they should take any of the stuff on the show, Bubs. Uh oh. Well. This I, is what not to do. I it's, It is very educational. So with conking out with Cosby. Oh, Bubs. What? So I don't even want to know, Bubs. Here's how it starts. Each week. Somebody writes Bill Cosby a letter and says, Dear Mr. Cosby, my girlfriend's having trouble sleeping, and I want to become better and making drinks for her. Can I come out and we can experiment with some stuff? And then he'll show you how to mix drinks. You'll give it to the girlfriend. She'll fall asleep. And then uh, Bill Cosby will ask you at the end of the episode what you learned. How can you mix it? And then he'll say, Bill Cosby will say as the host, uh, let me just make sure that your girlfriend's still asleep. Oh, <laughs> Bubs, come on. Okay. Stop that. Sorry. <laughs> we got on this, babes. You're a little bit perplexed. And, and by the way, I don't think that Drew Barrymore does drugs. That was just, It was a funny title. And yeah, that's yeah. how we got down this road. Yeah. But you have a little bit of an issue because apparently Drew Barrymore and her ex-husband have some money invest, invested in the wine industry. And she I, I think so. went to rehab when she was like 13 or 14. Yeah, I think either she started something or he and him and her did. I, I, I can't remember how it happened, but I heard that she was um, she was in the wine business. Now, I understand what you're saying. Mm -hmm. My maybe theory on this is that while she went to rehab for those things... That doesn't necessarily mean that she was an addict to, to drugs and alcohol. I think with her, it may have been something like she had access to things. So the real problem was nobody said no to her because she was a, success, a successful actress of E.T., but it manifested itself in drugs and alcohol. 
Um, so if you, she surrounds, she's changed who she surrounds herself by, then maybe she could have a bottle or glass of, of wine once in a while and be completely fine with it. Because right now, I mean, for somebody who's been super famous since she was a little kid, she does seem relatively normal. And uh, granted, I'm not with her 24-7, so looks can be deceiving. But I get the sense that she has it somewhat to <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, I mean, and it, and it is just, you know, right now it's speculation because mm-hmm. we don't know how she was back then. But she, but from the interviews that I've heard where she's got issues with her mom, yeah, it sounded to me like she really did get addicted. Um, and maybe it's, it's partly because, because all that stuff was around her and she was being offered stuff like that. Um, but, I don't know. I mean, I I suppose if she wasn't offered something like that, she wouldn't have gotten into, so addicted. I don't know. I I just have a real issue with like somebody um, coming out publicly talking about their addiction when they're thirteen, and then uh, years later, uh, and who knows? I mean, she may not she may not be in the wine business anymore. I don't know. But that's what I heard like years ago. So I yeah. don't know. And people can be at different stages at their lives. Like the 13-year-old Drew Barrymore is not the one we know today. Like how many stupid things did you say at 13 that you got away with saying because there wasn't a camera on you 24-7? Like there was with her. Oh, I'm sure I've, I I have gotten away with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, and you know, when, when you're that age, when you're 13 years old, you do say really stupid things. You do all the time. All the time. And it's like, and then you realize, wait a minute, why did I say that? Yeah. You know, I can't believe I said that. That was so stupid. Um, and it was embarrassing. Um, because we don't think about that kind of stuff at that age. We just say whatever comes out of our mouths or some, some of us do anyway. Some of us do more than others. But, um... But I don't know. I mean, I just, I guess it just, it just perplexes me still. Mm. Yeah. So babe. it's almost like, it's almost to me. And I know this is at the other extreme where someone would start a wine business, but never drink it. Like they never drink it, but they want to start a wine. And business. by the way, again, I'm not with Drew Barrymore 24 seven. That could have been the case too. I just where maybe her husband knew that world or had friends in that community. So they invested some money. And they decided to, and she decided to help out even though she wasn't drinking anymore. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I mean, what do I know? I don't know who she is. I never met her. She seems like she could be a nice lady. Yeah. I like never been kissed and she was good enough in E.T. Yes, she was. I, I, that was one of my favorite movies growing up. Nice. Never been kissed was a good one too. Yes. Um, now are you going to contact the good people lifetime and suggest that they bring me on? As an executive. No, because Lifetime is mainly a, a television network for women. Okay, well, let's look at this. We have a so starring Drew Barrymore, assuming we can get her to agree to do it. I don't think she would. Okay. We have a show where Bill Cosby teaches men how to uh, help their women sleep. I don't think I don't think that would happen. Okay. We have a show connected to Michael Jackson, and women love his music. And Jesse Smollett is... Um, all right, that one's a little bit more questionable. That is questionable because he likes men. So <laughs> I don't know that some women are big fans of his right no, now. No. No. Well, I still think Jive In with Jesse could be a hit. 
that's how we start off the night. So it's kind of a little bit more loose. And as we continue through it, well, it gets I, more educational. I don't remember, but I thought I heard him. Uh, I thought I heard that he was back on Empire, if it's still on anyway. No, they fired him. Oh, they did fire him. Mm-hmm. Well, good for them. That's what I heard. I, I heard that too, but then I also, I, I thought he was on it again, but I, I, I think they did fire him. Yeah. Okay, well, if they fired him, good for them. Yes, good for them, because he's a weirdo, okay? He is a weirdo. Yes. Uh, those French not... people, babes. Just can't trust them. They're not, he's not French, but... Yeah, Juicy Smollett. <laughs> juicy, <laughs> Juicy Smollett. <laughs> anyway. It's, 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 so, it's so interesting, because, as I've told you earlier, mm-hmm. in the early 90s, when I was coming up... Um, him and his family had a show called On Our Own. And the basic premise is that their oldest brother, uh, James, in the show, was taking care of the kids. I saw it. Yeah, and, and, their, and their parents died in a car accident or whatever it is. And so when you told me that they were still sticking by him after he was found uh, lying, I was thinking, okay, when when... When stuff is pointing to your brother, your son, your cousin, what have you, right? Mm-hmm. And clearly it's pointing to them and they haven't been attacked because there's video evidence to show that. There's, I mean, there's surveillance. Um, I just don't know why they would want to backtrack and say, no, you know, what if he really was attacked? So I want to uh, clarify this just a little bit. Yeah. I don't know if it's all of his siblings, but uh, his sister, and I don't know how many sisters he has, but one of his sisters and one of his younger brothers were interviewed, and they said definitively that they were sticking by him, and what if y'all are wrong and he really was attacked and he's a victim of a hate crime? But then if you... He clearly wasn't, by the way. No, 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 and and, and we're on the same page as that, because, um, and I never heard the interview with these um, Nigerian brothers... But they provided evidence to show that they, in fact, were paid to do this. Exactly. And yeah. Jesse Smollett said that he was attacked by two racist white guys, two Trump supporters. And they weren't. Yeah. And I'm just like, okay, he was. He claimed to be attacked by people that weren't even there. And he just happened to be at that place where they were, and they were Nigerian brothers. I mean, I just... And then, and then he sends threatening letters to him, uh, from himself to the Empire set. Who does that? That's crazy. That is crazy. I mean, it's just like something. I this guy isn't well. This guy just something's going on. Let's have a discussion about this. Okay. Do you think that instead of jail time, perhaps the judge should have sentenced him to extreme mental ca- counseling? I think both. Okay. Jail time and he has to see a counselor at least once a week. Yeah. A counselor has to visit him under supervision. And, well, if he, uh, if he in fact, does not try to hurt himself or anybody else. Um, and he, I think, I think uh, there has to be at least a year of jail time and a year of counseling. I think he only got two months. But the judge said that he was swayed because... People like Jesse Jackson wrote letters on his behalf. Ah, oh, Jesse Jackson. Man calls himself a reverend while having kids with somebody who's not his uh, wife when he's married. Exactly. Yeah. I, I wouldn't even consider him. Well, the same thing with Al Sharpton. He he claims to be a reverend too. But there's been some pretty shady things with him. 
So yeah, the Tawana Brawley case and all that. Um, yeah, it was it was terrible. I mean, and all the anti-Semitic things he said about Jews. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know if this is true. I have read it in books, mm-hmm. but it's one of those things I wasn't there. Yeah. So you may or may not know that Jesse Jackson was working with Martin Luther King when he was killed, like around that time period. So see, he was in the civil, he was involved in the civil rights movement. Yeah. In fact, Jesse Jackson gets a shot out from Martin Luther King. No pun intended. um, (laughs) Yeah. I realized when I said that. Yeah. But I think I've listened to a lot of speeches for Martin Luther King. Yes. My favorite is probably I've been to the mountaintop. The oh, yeah, I've heard, I've, yeah, I've heard uh, before he died, right? You, yeah. Have you heard the whole thing or just clips from I've, it? I haven't heard the whole thing, but I really want to hear it. Um, I've, I've, I remember the one part that really sticks with me when he said um, that he's seen, <clears> the, he's, he's, see, he's seen the promised land or he's, I've, but no, he said something like, um, I may not get there with you. Yeah. And I, and I was it stuck with me because we didn't you know they didn't know that he was going to die shortly after that. Speech. And when we say shortly after the next day, he was. Uh huh. Yeah. Um, you should really listen to the whole speech, and it's incredible. But yeah. Martin Luther King gives a shout out to Jesse Jackson in the speech. Uh huh. I don't know how much of this is true, but something I've read and I've heard rumors about is that they were having issues for whatever reason. Next day, Martin Luther King gets shot. And Jesse Jackson runs over to his body and smears Martin Luther King's blood all over his shirt so that he can go on TV and talk about how close they were. Oh, that is sick. Yeah. If that's true, that's disgusting. That is really horrible. That is disgusting. And and uh, maybe maybe what happened is that Martin Luther King wanted to put, you know, wanted to bury the hatchet. That's possible. Yeah. I mean, I think... Um, you know, he wanted to bury the hatchet. I don't think that he wanted to... Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'm just guessing. He seemed like a really interesting guy. Yes. Yeah. Um, yes. Uh, so, yeah, especially since he's like Star Trek. He likes Star Trek. and he. But, so in some ways he was progressive like that. But he also said that rock and roll was the devil's music. So he he... He would be a fascinating person to have a conversation with. Yeah, but Star Trek, I mean... I guess when you're younger, you don't think about politics, and I never really thought about politics yeah. when watching Star Trek because I don't think that way. Mm-hmm. But um, I can kind of understand why you would think that it was more pro- of, a, of a progressive show. But people on both sides of the aisle like it. Yeah, it's not just oh, this is a lefty show, don't watch it. A lot of people like it, even the most staunchest of conservatives like it. So interesting. Yeah, I think it would be interesting to to uh, talk to him about. I wonder what he would have thought about <laughs> about Little Richard. I don't think he was a fan. They were alive or at, at the same time. Yeah, they were. Yeah, but I, but Little Richard was really uh, complicated, though. You finished the Tunin book. Oh my goodness, so good, so good. Very long, but so good. <laughs> um, and it ended right after they finished their. Um, officially their Hamburg contract yes. and they were talking about the one the little Richard thing that I should mention um, that we have talked about in private was he um, he was more than I mean he was openly living a double life he was he was singing gospel and then he would sign autographs um, on a Bible which nobody saw 
Yes. And then, uh, well, not really. And then he was like making advances at um, guys off stage. I mean, like really, really. And women, but. And women. You know. He he would he would um, sign his name and put his address so that men and women can visit him, mm-hmm. which is kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, and then. Um, you know, I, I, it sounds like he was very uh, tortured in that way in that he wanted to be good, but he didn't know how to be good. He wanted to live a life that he thought would be better for him, but he still was stuck in a, a different um, way of living. Yeah, so I obviously was not alive when Little Richard was at the height of his fame. Neither was I. So the way I've always looked at it was he was always out of the closet and everybody just knew he was gay and he was just this weird gay preacher who made music. But was that a known thing when he was on tour with the Beatles to people who weren't in the music industry? Or, I mean, in retrospect, you would think that, oh, obviously he hid the (laughs) fact that he was gay from the public. Yeah. And then you think to yourself... Well, if the environment was a little bit different and he could have been open about the fact that he was maybe not gay, maybe bisexual. Yeah. He might have had a lot easier life. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he is uh, he is gone now. So Yeah. I mean, but I mean, he was known in our time that he was bisexual. But was it known in the 50s and the 60s? It probably by the wasn't even public? It probably wasn't even talked about. I mean, I, I mean, they knew that Brian Epstein was into men. Yeah. Um, and he was open about it, but he never, um, you know, he never made advances, uh, to the Beatles. And it's also like when the Beatles became popular, most people didn't know who Brian Epstein was. Yeah. Because by then he already, uh, died. Well, he died in 67, but even in, let's say 65. Yeah. Yeah. The Beatles were making records, but Brian Epstein was the guy behind the scenes. Right. You know. But what I liked about Brian Epstein uh, was that even though he was an openly gay person, mm-hmm. uh, outside uh, of, um, oh. oh my goodness. Keep going, babes. Outside of the um, record uh, producing yeah. and everything, he knew how to keep things uh, professional with the Beatles. Yes. And he knew his place um, when it came to uh, making them a big hit. And uh, with his personal life, because, you know, he was probably wild outside of that. And then he knew how to be a, a NEMS uh, um, f- uh, CEO, I guess, founder. He knew how to run the company. He knew how to run, he knew how to run uh, NEMS Enterprises, and uh, he, he knew how to um, manage the Beatles, so... I like that he he really knew how to um, um, to put things in their places. He's another guy that I wish I could sit down with and have like a five hour conversation with. Oh yeah, he he is him and uh, George Martin. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and I liked what they did where they told separate stories about these two guys, mm-hmm. and then eventually they um, uh, uh, Mark Lewis and. Um, connected the two of them together. Yeah, it's like weird. On the one hand, <coughs> uh, <coughs> on the one hand, yeah, it's just a sign that I'm dying. You're fine. I really, really want the two sequels to tune in. Yeah. And on the other hand, I want them to be as good as the original. Yeah. And that requires, I'm sure, a ton of research. 
So I'm yes, glad he's putting in all the work. I, yeah, but it is, I mean, when this came out in uh, 2013, right? Something like that, 2013? Yeah. 2012, 2013. 20, oh, I think it was 2012. Um, Somewhere around there. So now it's 2022, uh, 10 years after it was released. So mm -hmm. hopefully it <laughs> is released before 2030. I want it before I die. I do too. Yes. And I want it before he dies. <laughs> yeah, he's not getting any no. any younger. Is he? Is he like in his sixties? Early sixties. Yeah, he's not getting any younger. Yeah, come on, bro, get it together. Get us, get us some sequels. Are you going to recommend tune into anybody who you know in real life? Oh yeah, oh yeah. Hmm. I have cousin. I have a cousin that really likes the Beatles. Yeah, I think he would like this book. I mean, it really really takes you into their world without actually being in it. Mm -hmm. And you're right. It really does remind you of a movie because it talks about their early life when they were babies, yep. who they were born <laughs> to, where they grew up, what time of the, what, what period it was, um, how Liverpool was back then. And then um, their early years of childhood and how they were, how they became ram rambunctious as teenagers. And, um, I mean, yeah, it was really in depth. You're the third person who I've gotten to read it. Mm -hmm. And everybody has said the book is amazing. It is. Yeah. It is like, I mean, he went above and beyond for any Beatles fan that really wanted to know about the Beatles. He went above and beyond to get that information. Yes. And since you're having trouble with Bard, Please remember that I did put more books on your hard drive. Yes, I know. Yes. But I, d I did say I wanted to read and um, finish up a series. That's right. The Givel. The Givel. If if the books are good, I will read it because I do like the first one. But it, it, Oh, the first one is amazing. It does sound like the sequels are more of a cash grab. But if you say they're good, I'll give them a shot. Um, at some point, I do want to read Battle Royale with you. And that's on your hard drive. So... But we'll get there when we get there. I, I can't wait to see what you think of that book. Is that um, is that kind of like the Hunger Hunger Games, but a lot more violent? Yes, a, it, a lot of it was ripped off the Hunger Games from Battle Royale. It was first. Um, this is my opinion, and I think the author said that she took a lot from Battle Royale. Oh, really? Yeah. So the Hunger Games was a rip off of Battle Royale. Maybe a rip off as a uh, as a strong term. But it's definitely like a, heavily influenced by Battle Royale. Okay. Yeah. Because you're making it sound like they're, the, the two books are in competition with each other. I wouldn't quite say that. I would say that The Hunger Games was a lot more successful. Yeah. And it came out later in a different time. But I And I love The Hunger Games. Mm -hmm. I think Battle Royale is better. Okay. I think it is. And you can... And, you can definitely tell that the influence that Battle Royale had on the Hunger Games if you read them both. And they came out, uh, when did Battle Royale come out? First? I want to say the late 90s. Oh, and yeah. I think the first Hunger Games book came out in, I could be wrong, but 2007 or 8. Okay. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, I did see the first movie. I saw the first movie and partially with you on the phone. This was right after the pandemic when Jamie Lee Curtis had started doing movie nights on YouTube with Lionsgate. Yeah. 
I don't think... Did we watch it together? We didn't. You called me in the middle of it. Oh, okay. I watched it separately from you. Yeah. I think I watched that one. I don't remember if I watched Catching Fire. I think I may have seen parts of it. Mm. Um, but the first one I did see, and I remember when they would say in the movie, Happy Hunger Games, yeah. but it was like a battle to the finish, and it was... I heard that the violent. movies weren't that good, but I thought the first one was decent. Yeah, the first one wasn't bad. Yeah. Um, and I didn't even know anything about the book, but I um but I heard it it that the, the games are just, you know, very violent and stuff like that. They're worth reading. Uh they're worth reading? Yeah. Okay. After Battle Royale. Oh my goodness. So Woody Harrelson yeah. is in the Hunger Games movies as Haymitch. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. And you may remember him from a little show called Cheers. Cheers. Yes. Right? Yes. We were talking about poor Shelley Long this morning. Oh, jeez. And I And I personally you, didn't care, by the way. Okay. I was indifferent. My observation was, okay, obviously Cheers is my favorite show, a comedy of all time. Mm -hmm. But that aside, I think she did herself a huge disservice by leaving the show. Because... Things really didn't go that well for her in the movie world. Yeah, I know that she made the Brady Bunch films. And she had True Beverly Hills and the Money Pit. Yeah, True but, Beverly Hills wasn't that great. Okay. I thought it was one of those movies that women really love. Well, I mean, it was fun to watch with girls. Yeah. You know, because I watched it with my cousins. And, um, it, it, I mean, it's definitely not something that... It's not a deep movie for sure. I, I didn't watch it. I've seen scenes of it, but I've never watched it from beginning to end. Yeah, yeah, and Lonnie Anderson was in it. Mm. Yeah, it, it was it was all right. But she didn't exactly have the career that she thought she was going to have post Cheers. And I did see, and I did see a, a TV movie of her in a version of uh, Freaky Friday. Right, and that's my point. Yeah, had she stayed with stayed with Cheers, I do think that the show would have been worse off for it. But I think her career would have been better off for it. You think the show would have been worse off if she... Oh, yeah. Oh. Because Christy Alley definitely gave Cheers a lot of new blood. She did. She was good. She was good as Rebecca. It's not only that, but just having a new character... Yeah. Yes, she was good, but it, it allowed them to do other things that you couldn't do with Diane because you're kind of resetting things without recasting the entire show. Yeah. You know what I mean? But in the end, she appears again, right? Yeah, but one episode. Like, she could have done, like, six more years of Cheers. Do you think that she would have gotten... Do you think that Diane would have gotten along with Rebecca, or would there have been a cat fight? I don't know if there would have been a cat fight. I think there would have been some disagreement. I think that uh, Diane would have been kind of snooty towards her. It would have been interesting to have both women on the show and to see how they're... If they even have a friendship. Well, to really have them, because they're yeah. only in one scene together. Are they? That scene... And I don't remember this episode. Did you see the final episode of Cheers? I don't I don't think so. Okay. The... I haven't seen it since it first aired. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to try to give you the basic premise off memory. No, is that true? No, I've seen it twice since it aired. Mm -hmm. And the last time was like 20 years ago. Mm. The way I remember it is this. So I've seen it in total like three or four times. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. It starts off, they're watching TV, and Diane gets an award because she wrote some book that's like super popular now. Mm -hmm. So she's mm -hmm. like this rich, successful lady. Mm -hmm. She decides to come back to Cheers, and she told Sam, 
the last time that she was only going to be gone for like six months. Mm -hmm. Now it's like six years later. Yeah. Comes back and she tells Sam, you know, I got a fiance. This is great. And Sam says, well, I'm seeing somebody too. Well, let's do a double date. Yeah. You remember how Rebecca was seeing the plumber? Kind of, yeah. Okay. The, the plumber, yeah. Yeah. So Sam knows that they broke up. He goes to Rebecca and says, hey, we're, I'm doing a double date. You want to join me? Yeah. They go to um, to John Melville's restaurant of all places. Uh-huh. You know, Sam's arch enemy. On the oh, okay, okay, okay. The guy who used to go, Sam, with the bald head. You remember, I haven't watched every single episode of Cheers, so okay. I have no idea you're not. So they go upstairs to Melville's, and they're eating, and then the fiancé comes up yeah. and whisks, or the, the plumber comes up and proposes to Rebecca. Was his name Robin or something? I No, Robin was Robin Colcord, her the, her man before this. Oh, okay. That she was going out with, and then he went bankrupt. Oh, okay. But he was a super rich billionaire. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Anyways, I've seen the show a couple times. So a lot. They go off, they're embarrassed, and then and again, this is like one of the few episodes of Cheers I don't know remember everything. Yeah. Something happens with uh Diane's fiance and her and Sam get to talking and they decide to go off together. Okay. So there's a dramatic scene where he yells at everybody saying, I'm not your mother, this is not your home. They go on the plane, the plane gets delayed, and Sam decides to leave. Rebecca and go back to Cheers. Ah. But the point of that story was Shelly Long and your girl Kirstie Alley are only in one scene together in the entire series. Oh, wow. And it would have been interesting to see what that dynamic would have been like had they been together on the show for like a year or two. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, but it sounds like um, fin financial-wise, if you really want to count that, um, Kirstie Alley is doing better. Here's what I would have done. Okay. If I was Shelley Long. One, I would have stayed on Cheers. Two, I would have made those dumb talking baby movies because they made a <laughs> Look lot of money. talking, yeah. They made a lot of money for your girl. Yeah, like, yeah. And then after those came out, I would have hired like a prominent comedy writer to write a script around me. And you want to do this when you still have some momentum from Look Who's Talking and, and Cheers. So, you know, you're, you're still in the public's eye. And then I would have made a movie or two based off a comedy that was written specifically for me and then use that to really launch myself to the next level. That's what I would have done if I was totally long, but okay. it's easy for me to say. Yeah. That she has $5 million and your man, Ted Danson, who's had divorces has 80 million. <laughs> so oh, goodness. you know how well that worked out there. Yeah. Okay. Yes. What depth? What depth? I wonder what that's like for Ted Danson. Having an ex-wife. I don't know how much he paid in alimony. Having, uh, who was he married to? I don't think time? she was famous. Okay. But she was with him when he was poor, and then he broke up with her after Cheers became a success. Oh, wow. I think he left her for Whoopi Goldberg, but I may have the time. I still think it's such a weird uh, coupling. Mm. Uh, I mean, I just thought it was so odd. Um, yeah, because they were, were they seeing each other still when they made... Um, Made, in, Made America. in America. I think that's where they met. Such a weird movie. That movie's so bad. I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, it wasn't the best movie for sure. No. It wasn't. It sucks because Will Smith's in there too. And uh, Tisha Campbell Martin. That's right. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's a little bit weird. He so Will Smith does a film with her, and then like two years later, does Bad Boys, or a year later actually does Bad Boys with Martin Lawrence. Yeah, and that was a um, that was more of a success. Oh yeah, that was way more as success. So so was Will Smith um, her boyfriend in the movie? Yeah, it, yeah. Okay, that's what he I doesn't have a big part in it. No. Yeah. No. But he's in it with. Ted dancing there, Yeah, I think it started. I think it went downhill uh, even more when um, uh, when Tisha Campbell Martin goes up to um, the mom and says, "Oh, I found out that my dad is white." <laughs> that could have worked. I guess it could have worked, but it was. The movie has so many plot holes in it. Yeah, but I've I've only seen it like maybe a couple of times. I watched it. I think right before the pandemic started. We may have even talked about this year. Yeah, yeah, I I watched it a long time ago. I so I saw part of it on home video when it first came out because I was obviously a Ted Danson fan yes, yes. and a Whoopi Goldberg fan. Yeah, and I only watched part of it in like '94 or early '95, and I didn't really dig it. So I decided to give it another chance a few months before the pandemic, and it's really bad. Yeah, yeah. it. Yeah, it uh, was not the best. Uh, it was not the best movie. I mean. He finds out that the girl is not his daughter. Yes. And then at the end of the movie, Whoopi Goldberg's like, oh, so you wanted to see your daughter graduate. Oh, my goodness. I think it was either high school or college. I'm and, like, bro, that's not even his daughter. And they were, and, and it was that when they were still together? No, uh, they made the movie, you mean in real life? Yes. N- they made the movie, I think, when they were still together, yeah. Okay. And then there was that controversy over the Friars Club roast. Although, Whoopi Goldberg said that she actually wrote his monologue. Oh really? And told him to dress up in blackface. Oh, I did not know that. I yeah. didn't even know. I actually didn't remember hearing about that. And um, she actually defends him to this day over that roast. Wow. Yeah. So because it was, it on was her words coming out of his mouth. Yeah. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Um. Did you ever see? Uh, well, one Whoopi Goldberg movie I I did like was um, Corina Corina. Have you ever seen that one? No, that came out around the same same time. It looked a little bit lame. That's the one with uh, it was it was the better deaf than... girl and uh, a homeboy who's in Ray Liotta, right? And it's based in the fifties, and she's like a live-in nanny. She's a live-in nanny for um, this little girl Molly who doesn't talk. No, I, she, I've seen the previous. No, she, no, she talks. She just she um she, she didn't go to school for a while. Okay. Yeah. Um, and and um. I don't know. I thought it was better than Made in America, though. Yeah. But is it a good movie or is it just better um, than a really It's bad not one? like the greatest movie ever, mm-hmm. but I I liked it. Okay. <laughs> I think she did better movies, though, but I liked it. I mean, Ghost was definitely better than that one. I love Ghost. I think Ghost. that might be her best movie. Oda May. <laughs> Oda May. That's, that's just a classic movie. It Anybody was. who doesn't like that should have their head example. That was a good movie. It's yeah. a classic. Yes. Yes. I still remember seeing it in the theater. Oh yes. Um I don't remember seeing it in the theater, but I watched it a lot on um on video mm-hmm. or I watched it I mean HBO would run movies every, you know, every day. Yeah. Uh random movies, so I would watch it on HBO as well. And um uh, yeah. Good good movie. Great movie there. Great movie, though. Yes, yes, yes. And then she broke up with Ted Danson. Or they broke up. I don't know. They broke up. Yeah, but he's so richer than Shelley Long. Yeah. Yes. They should look at her bank account and change her name to Shelley Short. (laughs) Shelley (laughs) Short. 
Oh my goodness. Well, you, well, you know, I mean, she may have had some uh, bad choices in the movie she made, but that may have made her Shelly strong. I don't know there. Blum-bum-tsh. Blum-bum-tsh, yeah. Yes, yes. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> All right. So we get into politics for a second. Two things have happened this week. Yeah. One has made me really pissed off at progressives. And the other has made me really pissed off at Republicans. Do you want me to elaborate? (laughs) All right. All right. Go on. Do you want to get the Republican thing out of the way or the progressive thing? Let's get the Republican thing because I think that the uh, progressive thing we could we could both agree on with that. Okay. Um, so the, they're having the hearings for um, I, I'm sorry, Katanji Brown Jackson. Katanji Brown Jackson, and I understand that you're you're going to want to have some concerns over her, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to want to have hearings and ask her questions. Yeah, and. I don't agree with all the criticism that the Republicans are having for her, but some of it seems legitimate. I need to do some more research into the child pornography stuff. Yeah, it's not good. But on the surface, for real, it, that does not look good. Um, but the the thing that really set me off the other day, uh, Republican Senator John something, Corbin, I think. I'm I'm not familiar with John Corbin. I've heard of him, I think. Okay. Got really upset with her because allegedly in a court filing, she called George W. Bush and Donald Rumsfeld war criminals. Now, John Corbin comes from a party that supported the invasion of Iraq when George W. Bush was president. That has led to hundreds of thousands of deaths, literally. Um, We also went into Afghanistan under George W. Bush. And this is the party now that claims to be anti-war. They never like war. It's always a bad idea. Yet, he's going to get super pissed off because she called somebody who is clearly a war criminal a war criminal. That set me off. Like, you want to have the image of being anti-war, but yet you're protecting the image of this war criminal. Oh, boy. Here we go. (laughs) Here we go. Okay, so I... Okay, so I'm not going to lie, I I really didn't understand the whole thing with George W. Bush until until I until it was explained yep. that uh you know more in depth that uh somebody was asking a question, why does why does the US have to get involved in every single war? Mm-hmm. And uh during the interview, there was a clip, and I forgot who it was that was interviewed. I forgot. I can't, I don't remember. But during the interview, I heard a clip of George W. Bush rallying everybody to uh, to stand behind this war. And basically his thing was, if you don't support the war, you're supporting the troops. You're not supporting the troops, I'm sorry. Yep. And... And the and the person said, "Well, well, why not support the troops and get them home instead of uh, them being in a ridiculous war that we didn't even need to be in? Because all we really need to do is get Al Baghdadi." And I think a lot of um, outside Republicans that are not establishment are saying, "Yeah, that, that's true. Why why do we have to fight everybody else's wars?" And now that I understand it a little bit more, because I didn't understand it back then. 
Um, there is a argument to be made about that. There's an argument to be made about that. And uh, we also have to take care of our own stuff here. Mm -hmm. We can't just fight everybody else's wars. We can help. We can help people that need our help, but we can't fight everybody else's wars. And um, and there are there are people coming out and saying, you know, that wasn't that wasn't right, that wasn't right. And uh, so I think I think now people now uh, Republicans that are tired of the establishment are waking up and saying, you know what, uh, that was a really big mistake. I want to add a little bit more context to the war thing. Yeah. With George W. Bush, the thing that you may or may not know is Halliburton is a company that supplies weapons to our U.S. military, right? Uh-huh. Now, Dick Cheney was involved with Kellogg, Brown, and Root, which is a subsidiary of Halliburton. Uh-huh. And when he was, when he became vice pre president, he had to resign from that. Mm -hmm. But he still maintained a lot of stock in Halliburton. Mm -hmm. And because of this, when we went to war... Mm -hmm. He made a ton of money off of his Halliburton stock. Now, um, other presidents would would do business with Halliburton before George W. Bush. Uh, Bill Clinton did business with them. Uh, other, other other presidents did too, but they would have them bid on contracts. Mm. When George W. Bush's regime took over, Halliburton got no bid contracts, which means that they didn't have to compete for these contracts because they were tied in with a vice president. So people in the Bush administration made a lot of money off of going to war in Iraq and Afghanistan. And that's something that's really not talked about as much as it should be. So you would agree with me that it's a bit of a mixed message that the Republican Party is sending when they're saying they're anti-war. When our, greatest, our, our most terrifying war of our lifetime was started under a Republican regime and also that you still have members of the Republican Party who are getting upset when George W. Bush is called a war criminal. You would say that that is inconsistent. That's inconsistent, okay. but then you also have to say, too, that um, you can't blame the entire party okay. because there are people that are coming out and they're realizing, wait a minute, my party isn't representing what I represent. Yeah. And they're saying, this is wrong. We need to talk about this more. Because there are Republicans that are still in office today that need to be uh, gone. They need to be gone because they are not holding to the values that the party has um, has held to for a very long time. And and rightfully so. They should be upset with that. They should be upset about that. And, um, and I would agree that those um, establishment Republicans are not... Um, they are not... Uh, sending a good message. And I'm glad that there are people that are talking about it. Yeah. I, I And again, I do think that George W. Bush and a lot of people from his administration should be in jail for war crimes. But... Well, he, he's... I mean, there are, there are people that are um, really um, talking about the Bushes and saying that the Bushes were nothing but establishment people and they really were not... Um, uh, and 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 hit and you know and and um George H W Bush mm -hmm. I don't know much about this guy because when he came into office I was only 8 and I wasn't really interested in politics but he he was um he kind of reached on the other side of the aisle because he wanted to be friends with both parties yeah and I had a big problem with that um I also think that you know there were people that would come up against the bushes but the bushes never did anything about it they would never um 
they never stood up and said, hey, you have to stop this. Oh, yes, they did. I don't think so. Oh, yes, they did. Really? Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that they did behind the scenes. Um, now, as far as other politicians go, I, I can't really vouch to that, but they did censor artists. They had artists censored. Um, no, 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 I wasn't what, talking about censoring. Right, but that's a way to to get somebody. And I was never, I was never for that either. I mean, even with um, Tipper Gore. Yeah. What she did. But that's a way to make sure that somebody isn't heard by just making sure that their voices voice isn't out there. So well, the the classic example is the Dixie Chicks, but we could even go beyond that. Did you know that after the invasion of Iraq, Clear Channel, who was tied in with the Bush administration, released a list of songs that were no longer allowed to be played on their radio stations. And one of them, for example, was What's Going On by Marvin Gaye, because they thought that that would raise people to think about war in a different way. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and not every, and I don't believe that every Republican thought that way. And if, and, and I, I never, I was never for that. Mm -hmm. I mean, even with the whole, uh, darling Nikki thing, and yes, it's a very, very, um, uh, very controversial song, understood, standardly yeah. so, but the whole, like, sticker thing was just ridiculous. And it's more ridiculous when you think about the fact that, if anything, that attracted people more to the music. Like, when I used to go to Sam Goody back in the day, I'd want the albums with the parental advisory stickers on Because it. you're wondering, why does it have a sticker yeah, on it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's kind of like um, when, you're, when you have daughters and you're telling your daughters you don't want them to date yet. Mm-hmm. And you try to keep them away from the boys. They're only going to gravitate towards boys. Exactly. If you don't have a meaningful conversation with them and say why, you know, you 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 don't say why you are concerned about it, or you know, if you would have said something like, "Hey, um, I don't mind if you go on group dates," um, and try to find a a happy medium in between. Yes. Uh, and instead of just saying, "Hey, I don't want you to do this," and just listen to what I say. It doesn't make, it doesn't, it doesn't, uh, work. Uh, but anyway, uh, shall we go on to the other thing? Yeah. Now, now that I've ragged on Republicans, let me take a shot at a progressive. Okay. I was actually against the bill that was presented by a Republican. Marco Rubio, uh, did something good. Yeah. So both of us, I would say are very, very, um, tired of daylight savings time. Both of us agree with that. Well, it gets it gets more complicated than this. Yes. Yeah. So there was a bill in the Senate that Marco Rubio presented. I believe he's a Republican. Yes. And the bill said, let's get rid of daylight savings time. And let's put it on the schedule that we're on basically from March till November to where, uh, you know, the sun stays out later. It's, yep. it's office standard time. I forgot what they called it. Yeah. And... Literally, it got a hundred percent consent in the Senate. So, uh -huh. Ted Cruz voted for it, and so did Bernie Sanders. Um, even Kirsten Cinema had to vote for it. Yeah. This is how popular this thing was. Yeah. So it gets passed in the Senate. It has to go to Congress, and then Congress will send it up to Joe Biden. Mm -hmm. Pramila Jayapal, who is a con uh, who is I almost a conservative, who is a very uh, far left on most issues. What's her um, name? Pramila Jayapal from, I believe, Washington State. I think you're right. Yeah, yeah. she. I, I heard her name before, but I can never pronounce it. She's great on some issues, bad on others. 
Um, she's bad on this one mm -hmm. because she came out and said, we need to look at this issue more and see how it's going to affect people. So she's trying to stall this thing. There's nothing to look, there's, there's nothing, nothing to, to look, look into. at. Yeah, exactly. Because, um, the, I don't believe any modern farmer uses it. Well, and it goes beyond that. There's also, do you like resetting your own sleeping schedule? <laughs> nope. No. I didn't think so. No, no. It really, I mean, I'm my sleeping schedule is getting much better, but it took me like a week or so to get, you know, past that. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to do that if we got no. rid of this thing. No, and it's all. And do you think that that's good for your health to have to reset your sleeping schedule? Probably not. No, not, not. at all. I mean, it really affects your um, circadian rhythms. Yeah, this lady is doing something. She's blocking something that is harmful to us. It is. I mean, we, we sleep is one of the most healthiest things we can do for our bodies. Mm -hmm. And it, it doesn't just affect, it doesn't just affect adults. It affects kids. Yeah. And her argument is, well, this means that the sun won't come out some parts of the year until nine in the morning. And that's bad for kids going to school early. <sighs> to which I say, and you already know I'm going to say this, fine, start the school day later. I just solved your problem. You're welcome. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh, there's a, there are ways to get around that. And I just gave you the way. Uh, I, I, I wasn't talking about your way. Go ahead. I'm just saying that there are ways that parents can get around it. Yeah. It doesn't have to, you know, you're right. Schools can start a little bit later during that time so that they don't have to worry about driving in the dark to get their kids to school or exactly. if they have to, to walk to the bus stop. And that could easily be fixed. It could easily be fixed. And and this is, this. who do you know who likes Daylight Saving Sun? I don't know anyone who does. I don't think I've ever met I, anyone who does. Yeah, because I remember a long time ago, my uh, a friend and I were talking about, this was years ago, and, and she's like, uh, we're, we were talking about theories as to why Daylight Savings Time has been used and... We were just like, I'm so tired of it. I hate, I hate losing an hour. Getting an hour is fine, but losing one is just horrible. It just really throws off my sleep schedule. Mm -hmm. um, it, it throws off my meal times. You know, it's just, it's just, it's just not fun. Um, yeah. and, and to give yeah. credit to the Republicans, mm -hmm. they were the ones who pushed this, and they did a good job on this particular issue. But I mean, if if she's upset by that, then remember that Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren both voted for this thing. So it's not just a thing to where no, it's, it's a, Republicans. Yeah, they brought it forward, but it's yeah. not just a thing that appeals to one side. Yeah, this is actually. It sounds like it's a a very uh, bipartisan thing that. Um, a lot of people would agree with. When have you ever heard about the Senate voting in unison on a bill? Never. As, and, and especially in our times where things are so divided. Never. This is amazing. Yeah, because there's either like a 54 to yeah. 40 something or a 50 something to 30. You know, it's very divided. Very divided. So um, the fact that they can agree on this at least yeah. It, it, it is amazing. I will have to say that. It is incredible. And Pramila Jayapal should be ashamed of herself. I think I think so. For I, trying to push this off. There is no reason why she needs to block this. No. And I hope that people push back against her and say, nope, you can't do this. I hope now, since little J-Lo doesn't like the Kristen Cinema videos, that maybe some Pramila Jayapal videos are in order. <sighs> 
gloves, really. Or no. No. Maybe I don't hope for that. No, I just, I just don't, you know. I'm going to plan an night called Pramilla and Popcorn. (laughs) 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 Or I just watch people, videos of people harassing her over daylight savings. (laughs) No, I'm I'm sure she's a nice lady and she has her reasons, but they're very dumb reasons. They are dumb reasons. I just don't understand. I mean, something as simple as finding a solution for daylight savings time, which means don't have it. Mm -hmm. I mean... Who would not? Who would not want to go for that? Who would not want to say, "Hey, we got to get rid of this." Yeah, and they're doing it with the sun is out later. I love that idea. I know, but uh, well, hopefully, Miss Jayapal will come around. Hopefully, you know what I hope? I hope people put pressure on her. Yeah, so that she has to. Yeah, <laughs> she has to um, submit and say, "Okay, that's it. I give up. I yeah. tried." Yeah, I tried. Let's let's get this well, thing. Well, it's passed. like it's like ninety nine to one. Yeah, exactly. Why can't <laughs> why can't she just be the dissenting vote and vote no on this, and it'll pass with almost unanimous consent in yeah. the in the um, she, Congress? She might as well give out uh, give up while she's trying because I mean, if it's a uh, almost a hundred percent of people voting on it and they voted no on it, you or know, I'm sorry, voted yes yeah. on it, then she's she, she doesn't really have anything to go on. You know what week. I'm going to do? I'm going to contact her office next week. Don't do that. Why not? They all say they get involved. They do? Yeah. People are always saying, contact our office. Let people know how you feel. I'm going to contact Pramila Jaipal's office next week. Yeah. I'm going to be nice about it because on other issues, she's great. But on this one, she really sucks. (laughs) And she should be called out for this. Uh Uh-oh. Yeah. So I'm going to contact Pramila Jaipal's office next week. I'll do it nicely through an email. How about that? Oh my goodness! Yes. Okay. Well, do what you have to do, Bob. Yes, but shout out, shout out to Marco Rubio. He did the right thing in this case. He he did the right thing, and I hope it passes. Even Ted Cruz did the right thing. Yeah, even even uh, Lion Ted did the right thing. Even Lion Ted did the right thing. But but you know, um, uh, you know that this this hopefully this goes through. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. And I, 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 I think Biden would definitely sign this just because it's an easy win and just because so many people are on, on board with this idea. So, uh, Jaya Paul, you need to get out of the way. Yeah, and, and, and you know, he doesn't want to take, you know, he doesn't want to take out of his, uh, take away from his sleeping time anyway. <laughs> right. Especially since he was uh, able to fall asleep during one of his um, speeches or something at the podium oh my goodness you remember that no i don't he, i think he almost me. fell asleep when he was at the podium and you could kind of hear him sort of breathing and then he says thank you <laughs> <laughs> i forgot what it was for and i'm like oh this is so funny i do remember when he was talking about uh the ukraine situation a couple yeah. weeks ago and i yeah. think he meant to say russia but he said iraq <laughs> <laughs> i will have to say this of all the horrible things he's done domestically, he's providing a lot of comedic material. Yes, you got it. You got to really laugh at it. It's yeah. really it's sad, but it's also kind of funny at the same time. It is time. kind of funny. You kind of have to find the humor in all this um, chaos. Is he kind of like George W. Bush? A lot of people thought his speeches were funny too. Just like I think Biden's speeches were funny. <laughs> yes. Well, I, re- I I I think I remember. I forgot who which which Bush it was, but. Um, I think he was, I think, I don't remember if Dana Carvey was invited or something. Oh, that was the uh, father. The father like, not yeah. going to do it. And he thought it was really funny. Yeah. And he, and apparently they became kind of friendly in real life. 
Dana Carvey and George H.W. Bush. I did hear that when Joe Biden was a little bit more alert, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of funny because, you know, uh, 14 years ago, he was a totally different person. Alzheimer's would do that to you, babes, but keep going. I know. Um, he said that he saw something on um, SNL that was making fun of him, and he actually thought it was funny. Nice. I will give him credit for that. Yeah. He thought it was funny. <laughs> yeah. And if he signs the daylight savings bill into effect, I'll give him credit for that, too. Oh, he said, he said, you know what he said do, babes? What's that? He said go out on TV, and he said, like, uh, rail against Pramila Jayapal until he signs this bill. That's what I would do. I would be the coolest president because <laughs> I just like bash on people publicly and say, "You want to know why we still have a daylight savings time?" Pramila Jayapal. Here's her home <laughs> telephone number. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> then just drop the mic and go back inside. Take your Alzheimer's medication and, and take you know. a nap. <laughs> Silly boy. Silly boy. You got some strange ideas, bud. They're great though. <laughs> Well, if a, if a pre, if if somebody who's supposed to be the president can uh, rail against his own party, I think that would be kind of funny. That would be great. <laughs> but since he won't do that, we gotta still live our lives. Yeah. J Lo. J Paul or no? J Paul or no? Well, let's hope somebody talks some sense into this lady. Yeah, I'm not sure how to pronounce her name. J Paul, J Paul. I think it's J Paul. I heard it say J. I heard it pronounced J Paul, but I'm not huh. sure. Interesting. Yeah. Yes. J-Lo, a Paul. Oh, my goodness. We went on Clubhouse earlier this week. Oh, yeah. We had a we had a virtual date on Tuesday. And I have to me. say it was very enjoyable. Thank you. Um, we <laughs> ran to some weird ones because we went to... Uh, Keep going. We, we went to... We were trying to get into one, but the it was about... Um, gardening seeds i think it was and we as soon as we go in there they close up which is one thing i really hate about clubhouse yeah and then there was another room we wanted to get into but it was like 30 minutes i think of it and they closed up there was another one that we tried Uh, to get into and it was uh, something was wrong and we couldn't get into that one and then there was one called um what do your dreams mean tell us about that one Oh my god, we go into this room and this guy's talking about I smoke weed, man, and I look at the stars and I think of the stars and what's going on out there, man. And he just kept going on like this. And I'm like, uh yeah, this this guy sounds like he's on something. I think yeah. we should get out of there. He doesn't make any sense. I thought it was gonna be like a psychologist yeah. talking about what dreams mean or some sort of medical expert talking about what your brain does when you go to sleep and what they think causes dreams but it wasn't that at all what 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 club was that a part of i think that was lucid genius and they have some good stuff in their club okay yeah so we we um decided to get out of there and then uh did we go to that um speaking skills thing first before the cooking room or was that i think we went to the speaking skills room yeah so the lady that was talking was really interesting, but I would have loved for her to talk about accents herself. Mo- most of it is like she talks for five minutes and then plays an audiobook. Yeah, and I'm like, I wanted her to talk some more because I wanted her to talk about how, how someone can perfect an accent from another region of the country or other regions of different countries. I think it would have been fascinating, mm-hmm. you know, because I wanted to know if she was like a dialect coach also. It seemed like some interesting stuff, but 
I could get an audiobook anywhere. Yeah, and and I think and then we went to this uh the really really good cooking room. Before we get there. Yes. We also went to a room it was the OJ's versus oh, Earth, Wind and Fire. No, no, it was it wasn't the OJ's. It was um it was the Isley Brothers. I'm sorry, you're right. And that was disappointing too. That was because I expected them to play songs from each artist, but I also thought there would be more of a breakdown of how did they record them? What was their relationship like with each other? You know, that type of thing. Instead, they yeah. would play a song and then vote on who had the best song. And also, and I and I brought this point up um, in private to you, that it felt like the group was just one click. Yeah, like you could tell that they've been in clubhouse rooms a lot together. And I'm like, so that means that nobody can comment except for the friends that are in this room. Listen, I've definitely been guilty of that to where me and my homies will be in a room together and it'll just be us riffing on each other. But having said that, I don't like it when I go in a room and it's other people doing that. Does it say, like, so when you go in, here's a a quick question before you go on. When you go in, before you go into a room, how do you know that it's private? Does it just say that? Yeah, this was not a private room. You can't go into private rooms unless you're in Oh. Okay, so that's different if you guys are in a private room. But a public room like that and no one can comment, it doesn't make any sense. We were also listening to a replay of it. So it's possible, had you been somebody who had never been in that room before and raised your hand, they would have let you gone on stage. Right. But that also gets complicated because you don't really know everybody up there. And if they're part of a clique, it could be hard to really find your spot. Yeah, that's right. Because it was replayed. I I forgot about that. Mm -hmm. It was replayed, but it just felt too much of a clique to me. It did. I would agree with you on that. Yeah. And I thought that they were just going to give a a quick little segment as to why, you know, did they grow up with listening to the Isley brothers more? Mm-hmm. Did they, um, were they, um, exposed to earth, wind and fire a lot later? I mean, they could have talked about the instrumentation in the songs, Yes. The beats, um, anything, but it wasn't even like that. It was like, uh, Isley brothers, the, and then, and then somebody kept calling it the elements. Yeah. People and then it was kind it of the funny, elements. but for the first five minutes, I'm like, what are they talking about? And I said, oh, I think I know Earth, Wind, and Fire are yeah. elements. And I'm like, why are they calling it the elements? It's they not never... creative, but it took me a minute to They never it. called it the mm-hmm. elements before. Yeah. I, I might start doing that. No. This I like... is in the September by the elements. <laughs> I was just like, why are you think? I think they, I don't know if they're trying to be cool about it. I think they were. But the, but I like calling it Earth, Wind, and Fire anyway. Yeah. But anyway. So it the virtual date uh, did not start off that great, but no. it picked up. It did pick up when we went to the cooking room. Oh yeah, it was Tell great. Me. Um, I forgot. Was this a live one? This was a uh, replay. Okay, so so this was really cool because we were learning about how to cook successfully a risotto. Yes, risotto, and he was talking about the. The best rice to use? Atilio. Yes. We can say his name because it was on Clubhouse. Yeah. Okay. And, and we're also not saying anything, you know, disparaging. We're we're Atilio fans. Here. Oh, we're big Atilio fans. Yeah. He is such a gracious guy. I, I love his accent, but I even more than that, I love his personality. He seems like a very open person to different perspectives. Yeah. And he, he wouldn't just say, hey, I'm the chef here mm-hmm. and you should listen to me. <laughs> I, I told you about the time I was in a room with Atilio. Yes. And we've been on stage a few times together, but we're not like homies or anything. 
Yeah. And I said something, and afterwards I'm just like, oh, sorry, Attilio, because I knew that he wasn't going to like what I made. And he's like, no, I understand. People have different tastes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have told you that. Yeah. I mean, I could have told you that really, but um, no, no, macaroni and cheese is not along with rice. Yeah, I, I rarely <laughs> make mac and cheese. Oh, Dude, whenever I, babes, whenever I go into what's for dinner, <laughs> sometimes people will still give me shit for that. It's funny though; I like it. Oh, mac and cheese is really, I, I love it. I don't eat it very often, but I, it's like a comfort food yeah. to me. But anyway, we're getting off topic here. We are. Um, so, so we go in there, and um, I like the room overall, but there were some things that really annoyed me. I think I know where you're going, but do your thing. Okay. One of the chefs who I won't mention this person's name just because Yeah, that's fair. Um she just kept um interrupting him and I know that she was very polite, but it was like, why couldn't you wait for the segment to be over? Because he's teaching something right now. Mm-hmm. Why couldn't you wait for the end of the entire room? Like when it's starting to kind of die down, down a little bit. Maybe once he's done explaining the recipe. Yeah, Yeah. that was the one thing that really irritated me. And I kind of wish that there would have been a rule to that. And then, and then that one guy, uh, the guy that sounded like he was a broadcaster or something. What did you think about that one? I'm sure he's a nice man. Mm -hmm. He seems like it. He seems like a nice person, but he also seems like somebody who was nervous. So we shouldn't say that he wanted to get into broadcasting. What we should say is my theory is that he probably wants to be a broadcaster and doesn't have a lot of experience. Mm -hmm. And as a result, is still kind of trying to find his place because sometimes he'd interrupt Atilio when it felt a little bit unnecessary to me. And I also felt when he was explaining the room, he may have gone on a little bit longer than necessary. Mm. But that's my opinion. And I think you agreed with me. Yes. It sounds like you did. But he was such a gracious guy. Um, Yeah, and then there was another woman from the UK. I loved her accent. Oh, yeah. Um, I thought it was interesting, too, because she asked about um, a vegan substitute. I like that Atelia was honest with her. Yeah, she she, she was looking for an, an, a vegan substitute for, I think it was like a vegan cheese substitute yeah. or something. And he's like, you know what? Uh, I don't think, I don't know. I really don't know that there's anything you can substitute it with because... If the recipe calls for real cheese, you have to put cheese in it. Yeah. And I I mean, I, I'm i not a vegan, and I think that some of their uh, dietary restrictions are kind of extreme. Mm-hmm. Um, very extreme, in fact. So some uh, of it I can vibe with, but a lot of stuff is just like, bro, you're doing this to seem special. I would agree. Yeah. And, um, that, and that's partially because I know those vegan preacher types that keep going. I, I don't like that either. Yeah. It's like, let people eat the way they want but Me anyway my wife don't eat uh, meat anymore uh, that's an impression of somebody actually. oh geez keep going. yeah um <sighs> i'll ask this question later <laughs> you could ask it without saying your name but if you don't want to ask it now that's fine. i I'll, I'll ask it later yeah, yeah. but um <clears throat> so anyway um but i'm glad he said that because you really have to choose how you're going to make something i think it would i think like if you want to make a vegan dessert it's totally doable it is. I've had really good vegan desserts, actually. I think I have, too, because um, I told you about these brownie bites that I had one time mm-hmm. when I used to attend um, 
this uh, Leukemia Lymphoma Society in Seattle with a friend of mine. Yeah. Because both of us went through um, cancer around the same time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think these brownie bites came from this like store in Seattle called Top Foods, which I think is like an organic store. I haven't been there, but the the brownie bites were oh my goodness, they were like the most cho- one of the most chocolatiest brownie bites I've had. And one time I took some home, and I'm like, these are really good. Yeah, I think they were vegan, but they were super good. Mm. Yeah, super good. Nice. Yeah. So we had a great time in that room. Yes. And now Peacock ha- has been doing a reinterpretation of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. It's just called Bel Air. And I really want to sit down and watch the show because I was a fan of the short trailer that was just like a fan thing that came out a couple years ago. And you said it looked pretty good. And I saw it. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And it was so amazing that Will Smith thought about it, reached out to the guy, and is one of the producers on the series. And as a result, before the premiere, like a little over a month ago, somebody from Clubhouse interviewed the cast of the show. Yeah. And we listened to the replay. It was a really good replay, but I had some problems with it. I did too. And I think, and I told you that in private, but I want to say it here. Go ahead. Um, I really wish that we would have known who each character played. Who each actor played on the show. Who, who, I'm sorry, who each actor, I I think we should have learned about each of the actors and who they played on the show. Because we kind of guesstimated who, um, was playing like Aunt Viv or Mm -hmm. Jeffrey. We, we figured out who Jeffrey was. Yeah, because he said it. Uh, but, and then J- Jafari Banks, Jafar, yeah. I think he said that early on, you play Will in, in the series. Right, right. But I think that was it. Yeah, Jabari Banks was talking about, Jabari Banks, yeah. Jabari Banks was talking about being Will. Um, I think the, the lady's name was like Cassandra Yeah, something. And then the guy who played Jazz said that he plays Jazz Okay, but I, I didn't know who the other people were. Yeah, who's Uncle Phil, who's Carlton. Who's, you know, Ashley, all that stuff. Yeah, who's Hillary. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would have loved to have known that, and I would have loved to have known what makes her character stand out now that it's a drama instead of a um, a comedy. And especially, too, I mean, even now that the show's premiered, there's so many different shows on TV, you'd still need that information. But this was released a week before the show actually hit the air. You would think that the interviewer would just have them say their names and who they played just so people could be like, feel like they're on top of it in the audience and they know who is who. And I forgot what the director's name was. Something Cooper. I forgot his first name. He's, I'm really excited based on, based on the trailer. So uh, I wish he would have talked to him a little bit more. Like, what was it like getting the call from Will Smith? What was it like you actually see this like fan film go from that into being like a real TV show? Yeah, and then um, with the woman who played Aunt Viv, mm-hmm. I wonder if she got any consulting from Janet Hubert and the other woman who played uh, Vivian Banks. I like it with everybody. It's, I wonder if she met with Janet Hubert or the other one. Because I forgot like what her name was. Daphne something. Daphne I, I something. Too, because yeah. Janet Hubert may have been a pain in the ass on the set, on the set of the show, but for real, she was excellent as Aunt Viv. Oh, she was great. Yeah. It seemed like she had a lot more chemistry with um, James Avery. Exactly. As as nice as the other lady was, and I'm glad that they were able to, um, um, 
I'm glad that Will and Janet were able to bury the hatchet. And it really did seem like they did. Yeah. And um, I'm glad that he um, was able to get her and everybody else together uh, for that reunion. And it was, it was, I mean, so cool. Yeah. But I would have loved to have known. There was a woman on, um, there was a woman in the room. Um, I think her name was Coco something. Yeah. Yeah. I and forgot I her would, last name. And I would have loved to have known how is her character different now that it's a drama mm-hmm. and how does she make it? How does she make her character stand out? I think Coco might play Hillary. I'm not sure. Or she might play Lisa. Cause they said that Lisa is the, one of the big differences. She's there from the start of the show. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I'd like to know, but I'm sure that the interviewer is a nice man but you could tell that he was kind of starstruck by this. He was very star starstruck. It seemed like he was getting to know the cast. Mm-hmm. And it did seem like he was nervous. Yes. But I think he tried his best to make it a really interesting room. And it was interesting. Yeah. It was very interesting. And I thought it was interesting when when that lady, um, I think her name was Coco, said that um, the, the storylines are very interesting and people are going to be shook. By yeah. the storylines because they're different than the other ones. I like I like it, and I this is one of those shows to where I could see them making it just different enough to where it's new to people, but not so different that you lose the DNA of the original show. It's not so like completely, um, what do you call it? So completely foreign to everyone who loves watched, either watched it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited to sit down and watch the show. I'll probably do that when your mom's here. I mean, I'm not going to come over here and watch the show, but I mean, <laughs> you know, at my place. I know what you meant. Yes. Can you, can you imagine? She's over here and you're like, excuse me, um, I, I have to watch something, so just do your thing. I had to come over here to watch the show. <laughs> but keep hanging out with Alana. I'll just throw on my headphones and watch it by myself. I'll, I'll, I'll call me when uh, dinner's ready. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> yes that was pretty much our time on clubhouse we had talked you're now more open to the idea of doing another virtual date in the near future yeah possibly you're starting to get into these i, I think so i mean regular uh in-person dates are the best yeah because we always have fun but right but virtual dates might be might, might be good too my hope is that we do them like once a month but you were a little bit uh cold on the idea we this is our first one since july i know but we had a lot of stuff happen yeah too, you know i mean people were you know mom was visiting and we were trying to figure out what was going on with the um the restrictions mm-hmm. and the, i mean that was kind of stressful um and it was hot <laughs> you know um we were dealing with that and i mean and then there was you know uh, our sporting events that we were into. Yeah. But know. we can get back on the ball. And the cool thing with the mixer, we don't have to limit it to Clubhouse. We can do YouTube videos. Oh, by the way, mm-hmm. who knows if it's true, but I saw something on the internet mm-hmm. that um, Greenhouse, which or Green Room, which is the Clubhouse alternative yeah. that's owned by Spotify, is apparently having some issues. Uh-oh. People aren't liking it as much. Uh-oh. So I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. But maybe mm-hmm. you, here's an idea I have. Mm-hmm. What if we do a trust virtual date nights to where you trust me 
to pick out some good rooms and videos. And with the caveat that I, I will keep politics out of it as much as possible. I'll have to think about that, Bubs. Okay. That's a possibility. Yeah, because because yes, there have been things that you and I both liked mm-hmm. and we kind of sort of explored. Yeah. But um well, you know, I mean, it, it it could go it could go really well or it could go not so good. Yeah, like yeah. one of the things I really want to show you, mm-hmm. it's 20 minutes long. Mhm. And I'd show it to you here, but you seem to be apprehensive whenever I try to. Yeah. Is the Dave Chappelle video where he breaks down what happened with Chappelle's show. I, I think you'd get a real kick out of that. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Uh, speaking of YouTube and yeah. commentators. Yeah. I, as you know, I'm a big fan, a big fan of Secular Talk. And I also like Breaking Points. Mm-hmm. So... You probably are not a, a fan of Kyle and Corn podcast or the Kyle and Corn show, or it might just be called Kyle and Corn. Kyle and Corn. So it's Kyle from Secular Talk with his buddy Corn. And That's his name, Corn? Yeah, Corin. Oh, Corin. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, Kyle has this image of just being like a super lefty, but on Kyle and Corin, they'll talk about stuff like, well, how long can you go without taking a shower and it still be socially acceptable? <laughs> or, you know, I like this R&B record from the 90s, but this new stuff sucks. And it's like stuff like that, right? Uh-huh. Or Corin or will talk about some new sneakers that he got. So anyways, why am I telling you this? Yeah, why? You know, or you may not know, that Kyle does a podcast also with crystal ball from uh breaking points yeah not a big fan of hers but okay yeah you, you are aware who she is though yes of course okay yes so anyways i'm listening to kyle and corin on sunday mm-hmm. and everybody knows that kyle has been in a relationship for a while but we haven't known with who okay. and he keeps saying oh crystal picks my clothes and crystal does this <laughs> And I'm still not putting it together. I'm just saying, oh, you guys are really close for co-hosts. You you, you haven't picked a, you haven't put it together after that. No, no, no. So I'm still listening. So, so listen to this. I'm still listening, and he says, "Oh yeah, Crystal really likes Dolly Parton, and Crystal thinks this, and blah blah blah." Mm-hmm. And I still haven't put it together. And then Kyle says, "So uh, are you comfortable now that everybody knows that you and Crystal Ball are dating?" And he's like, <laughs> yeah, I guess I was kind of out there before this. <laughs> If you haven't put it together. I put it together when uh, when when Corin said something. <laughs> oh my goodness. I'm like, oh, that's why he keeps bringing up Crystal so much on this show. Because oh. it's not just on 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 um on the Kyle and Corin thing. It's also on Secular Talk videos. I noticed he'll mention Crystal more often. And I just thought it because they were cool. I was like, wow. Yeah. Well, I, I so uh, I'll tell you later. Okay. I am a big fan of Kyle from Secular Talk. He's my favorite political commentator. Mm-hmm. Having said that, when I heard that, I thought to myself, "Crystal Ball is dating you." How 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 long how long have they been together? I think since sometime last year. I don't know the specifics. And 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 but but they started their podcast together before they started dating. Now that I can't tell you. Okay. That I I, I don't know the specifics of when they started dating. Okay. Um, but I, I thought to myself, you I'm surprised that she would go with somebody like Kyle from Secular. Talk. Why? Do you think she's he's not her type or I think he's a little bit more um how do I want to phrase this? Hmm. Is he I, laid back than she is? I would say more aggressive on his opinions. More aggressive, okay. 
and not like super like I'm in your face about it, but if you've ever listened to him talk, he kind of sounds like I would sound like if I did a political show, which is why I think I relate to his show so much. Okay. Um, so you identify you identify with Kyle. Yeah, and she says it like it is, but she's a little bit more demure, you know. And is her, she a little bit more diplomatic? Yes. Okay. Because she comes from like that MSNBC world type thing. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I, I was never real. I was never a fan of her, but I can understand why you would think that she was diplomatic about it. Um, I didn't want. I didn't know that she was on MSNBC for a long time because I don't. I don't really care about MSNBC. They have their own issues, but I, I thought it was kind I of weird. I call it MSNBS, but anyway. Oh, my anyway. goodness. Uh, I thought it was weird that they're in a relationship together. You just didn't seem... It, they just didn't seem... Uh, you just didn't think they were good together, or you just thought it was a weird coupling? I thought, yeah, I could more picture her as somebody like a Wall Street broker or something. Wow. Yeah. Um, well, what, I I mean, so what happens if they break up? Then? Does that mean they don't have a podcast anymore? I guess so, or <laughs> that might be a fun episode. You listen to them talk about their breakup. Well, I guess if uh, Duncan Trussell and um, La- Natasha Leggero do it, can do it, then I guess, um, which I don't, uh, yeah, that would be so awkward. Well, to make it clear, he kept doing the podcast and she'll come on as a guest occasionally, but they don't really do the show together on a regular basis like they did when it was Lavender Hour. Okay. Yeah. And and tell me again, because I know you told this to me before and I keep forgetting why. Why did they call it the Lavender Hour when they didn't talk about lavender? I think Duncan said because that's terminology for the time of the day when the sun is about to set. Uh And there's a lot of things about spirituality, about how that can open you up to new perspectives. Duncan's really into talking about Buddhism and reading about that type of stuff and psychedelics. So I think it came from that world. Okay. So it had nothing to do with lavender? No. Okay. Yeah. Just the way the sun is positioned. Okay. Yes. Well, good. In case you didn't know, I like lavender. Well, good. I did know. And I like owls. <laughs> so I'll have to listen to the lavender owl sometime. They edge. Hey, whoa. Oh, good. I thought it was, on, I thought it was no longer. Uh... Yeah, but guess who downloaded the archives before they went offline? Oh, you did. Your boy. Mm-hmm. Got, the, got that lavender hour. Well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got that lavender hour. My goodness. Yes. I was in San Francisco like the weekend that Black Panther opened. Yeah. And we go to this gas station. And of course, I'm in the car because what do I know about pumping gas? Yeah. And there's some guys hustling, like selling DVDs of Black Panther on the street. Oh, wow. And I just kept hearing them saying, got that Black Panther. Got that Panther. How are they able to get that? Oh, that stuff's easy to get now. You you can easily get bootlegs of it. Yeah. Like, I've gotten bootlegs of movies, allegedly, before they came out in theaters. Uh-oh. And this is, a, I could be making that up. Uh-huh. Because I make a lot of stuff up. But I've, 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 let's just say back in the day. Doesn't sound like you're making this one up, though. Let's say I am. But let's also say that back in the day, there were times when I would watch movies, like, a couple weeks before they would hit theaters. Wow, so you were in the know before everybody else was in the know. Well, not before everybody, but before most people were. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Yes. That was a little bit weird, though, Bobby. I'm so you're happy to hear about that there, Are you happy to hear about that as you tap my head? No. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong, babes. <laughs> yeah. You had a dream last night. Oh, it was weird. Tell me. 
I don't know how, okay, so I had a dream that I was in the car with my parents, both of my parents, which never has happened in years. Because they're divorced. Yeah, not happened in years. So we're in the car. I don't know where we're going. We end up staying at this couple's house, and I think their um, their two grown kids were um, visiting them too. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Sorry, go ahead. So I didn't know where we were, where we were, and I think we stayed with them for like maybe a couple of days. We get out of the their house, and I find out that we're in um, <laughs> we're in Helm, Michigan, and it's hot, and there's bugs, and. I realize we, we that we are in Michigan. We get in the car. There's my parents and there's two other ladies that climb in the car with me. And I, I think I asked my mom something like, hey, are we still in Michigan? Are we are we out of Michigan yet? And she goes, no, not yet. And then I wake up. Nice. It was very weird. Well, good. Yeah, and, and, and it's weird because it was very, very hot. And it, it literally felt like it was... It was um, in the throes of summer. Nice. But it was like ridiculously hot and there was bugs. And well, the bugs were falling into the car. What did you expect? For it to be cold in hell? No, 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 no. I mean, it was weird because we're we're just in the beginning of spring. Yeah. And it's not quite, you know, warm, warm yet. Yes. It's still the beginning of spring where there's like still rain and it's still, the weather's still kind of cool. Nice, nice. But anyway... That was my dream. It was very strange. Oh, babes, I remember the question I was going to ask you. Actually, about hell and religion and all that stuff. Oh, what's that? Check this out. Uh-huh. Do you think it's possible that, let, let's say you die and you go to heaven, mm-hmm. and you're just, like, chilling like a villain, enjoying your life, or enjoying your death, or whatever you call it. Uh, life, yeah. Yeah. And you're just having a great time, margaritas on the beach, the whole nine. It's not like that, but... Okay. But you're happy for, let's say, a thousand years, and you feel like God is with you, all that stuff. God is good. And then all of a sudden, God changes to the devil, and you find out that the devil made this area look like heaven for so long only because he knew when he took it away from you, it would make your punishment in hell so much worse. It's a little bit strange, but... What do you think about that, though? Um, It's a very weird theoretical idea, but... I don't think that could happen. Why not? Because God and the devil are totally different from each other. But presumably God or the devil knows what it's like in heaven. So he can create a reproduction. And he's he's, he's not doing it forever. He just wants to make people feel like they made it. So they feel really good for a while. So they'll feel even worse when they discover they're in hell. No, it's, that's, I think you would already know, Bubs. Oh. I think people would already know whether they were in heaven or hell already. Oh. Shall, shall we? Oh. Yes. Well, oh my goodness. Oh, but um, yeah, it, it was it was it was a very strange dream. Nice. Yeah. Good, babes. Very good. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um. Yeah. The um. The groceries came. Oh, you know what I? You know what I just? I just realized. What's that? The reason why I didn't uh, tell you about the flatbread mm-hmm. is because the groceries didn't get here yet. No, but you didn't even tell me that you would put flatbread on your order. Okay, I because I, I thought I that we were going to make it. Okay, I thought I did. And in retrospect, I'm glad now because they were out of uh, the yogurt that we need. They didn't have any plain yogurt there. No, um, so I I um, I was thinking about that, and I thought I I thought I told you. No, because we had talked about it last night, 
And I remember saying, yeah, we need the yogurt to make the flatbread. And you're like, we're going to make our own flatbread? Yeah, because I thought, well, wait a minute. If we're going to make our own flatbread, that might take a while. It's one of the easiest breads to make, in my opinion, for okay. my personal experience. But, but now that I know that, um, because I don't remember, I don't remember if we even, I think, I think we made a flatbread pizza, but I think you brought flatbread over, right? I thought I made it here, but I could be wrong. I think you you might have. I don't remember. Yeah. I, it's been a while. Because I remember talking about it here and me saying something stupid, which was you can use Greek yogurt from it. And then I rechecked my notes because it had been a while and I was completely wrong. Okay. Ugh. Well, I, I had a plan. Yes. Because if the plain yogurt wasn't available, there was still enough. I still had enough Greek yogurt to, um, to make it. Um, and I also decided... You know, and I'm glad that um, the the person who got the groceries from me um, substituted it with Greek yogurt, mm -hmm. and um, and yeah, I got the two um, things of flatbread. So there's nice. two things of flatbread and uh, two in each pack. Okay, that's good. Um, so so the groceries came. I we pretty much got everything we need. And I'm very happy about that because well, I was very, very sleepy last night. Yeah. And I was like, I need to put this in before I go to bed because if I don't, it's going to drive me crazy. So well, good. I did. Yes. You sound a little bit tired now. We tried to take a nap earlier. I had some more success than you did. Yeah. Yes. I might need one. Hopefully, okay. hopefully, hopefully not that long. We can do that. Uh, oh, oh, I remember the other thing I wanted to talk about because yes. it also came up today. Edwight. You were gracious enough to buy some Pepsi. I did. Yes. before we came up with, uh, what is it, Cozy with Cosby, we had another Conk idea. Conking out. Conking with Cosby. That's yeah. what you came That's up right. with. That's right. Before we came out up with Conking with Cosby. <laughs> That's what you said, Bob. Stop it. Nice. We had another idea to do like a Pepsi tasting show. And you can see this is vintage 2022 Pepsi from this area of the country. But I really prefer the 1963 <laughs> Pepsi uh, bottled in Detroit, Michigan. But those bottles are hard to find now. <laughs> I thought it would be really funny if we kind of um, took um, a different spin on a wine tasting thing. Cause, yeah. and, and we put it in wine glasses and, uh, you know, people come over and they're like, hey, what are you doing? Yep. Oh, uh, and, and we color the Pepsi and make it red. And <laughs> and they're like, hey, what are you, what are you doing? They're like, oh, we're, we're, we're trying some uh, some of this vintage. Pepsi. Well, we, no. This vintage drink. This vintage drink. We don't even tell them what the drink is. Yes. And it looks like wine. Yes. And they're like, hey, wait a minute. This wine tastes funny. You're like, oh, it's actually Pepsi. <laughs> and we could actually, like, before they taste it, we could say, like, this is 1958 from this area. And I really like the way they put this together. And then the person takes a drink and realizes it's like 50, 60-year-old Pepsi. <laughs> that would be funny. Yes. And, and and so the interesting thing is that I bought these little cans of Pepsis, which I don't usually get a lot. Mm -hmm. It's it's actually a treat. Usually if I do get one, it's in a little 20-ounce thing. But I decided to get the cans, so I'm like, oh, yeah, I haven't, I haven't gotten them in a while. And I got them the other day. And I thought, hmm, I could drink all of these, but I think he'd want to have a treat. Yes. And I was thinking when we were going over our ingredients last night of telling you maybe we should get some Pepsi. But I'm just like, nah, 
I don't want to do that right now. And then I'm so glad that you uh, read my mind. I didn't read your mind. Oh. I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I didn't read your mind, actually. Because it wasn't in Boyle. Oh, my goodness. Yes. Um, but I, I was thinking, I was thinking, I was like, you know what? I have, I have some of this left over. Um, I'll, I'll share some. Nice. I very much appreciate that, babes. Well, thank you. Yeah. I'm glad you do. Yes, yes, yes. Very good. Well, babes, mm-hmm. uh, the talented Bill Cosby is not here, so we will not be doing the pilot episode of Conking Out with Cosby. We're not going to do that. But <laughs> I, I do want to respect the fact that you want to get a little bit of rest. Thank you, because yes. I didn't get to do that earlier. Yes. Let me give you a key. Okay. Mm. All right. Any last <laughs> words or are we good? No, I think this is a fun episode. Yes. Um, in fact, um, I don't think I tickled you once. That's, that's good. I don't think I did. Did I? I don't think so. Well, we'll listen back and find out. Uh, I may, if I did, I may have done it one time, but nice. I think we, uh, I think this was a fun one. This was like that episode of South Park, the first one where Kenny didn't die, and everybody's like, something feels wrong. Oh my! And God. then you just hear uh, Kenny going, "Yeah," and that's the end of the episode. <laughs> The first one? The first one where he didn't die. Oh, oh. Because I remember when, um, isn't, isn't like, um, I don't know what he looks like, but I, I remember when I, um, when my cousin would watch it and you could hear him go, hmm. Yeah. Because he always had this red coat on and it was zipped up all the way over his mouth. <laughs> and, and why was he always the one that was killed? I don't know. They changed that. So he'll die sometimes in an episode, but it won't be every single one. And then that one episode and he's like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, babes. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Bye.